So Friday afternoon, I was standing at that door as our closing celebration for camp in the city with Pine Cove was happening. And one of our parents shared with me, pointed forward and said, hey, my students said yes to Jesus this week, which is awesome, yes. And after that parent shared with me, the guy who was helping lead, in fact, the same guy from Pine Cove has been helping lead the teams with us the last three years. Uh, Tyler gets up front and he invites people that were part of camp to connect to our church, which is fun. Uh, we had a lot of people at camp that were not part of our church this last week and many at camp who had no church family at all. And if you're here today because you were at camp this last week and you're just checking this out, we, we want you to know that we believe it's Jesus that changes everything. And we are hoping to help you to truly be a disciple who lives and loves like Jesus. And we're just we're glad you're here. I want to go on from that. We could celebrate again camp happening right now this morning. Again, we have about 80 on a mission trip in Arkansas. And they're at six different churches on our junior high trip sharing the hope of Jesus today. In fact, three of those teams are actually doing the sermon in those churches today. So uh, pray for me and pray for them uh, that we get to, to share the hope of Christ with the world. It's a sweet time, a sweet time. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open it. We're in Romans chapter 12. As you're turning there, several months ago, someone from our church family shared an article with me that was titled this, Why the Last 10 Years of American Life Have Been Uniquely Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Why the past 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid. This was in the Atlantic. It was widely read. How many of y'all saw this article? I'm curious. I see hands here. Yeah, in the room. I'm going to give you a little bit of what this article shared. Uh, it's, anyone notice there's conflict in our culture? Did anyone? In 2009, there were some 100 million monthly users of Facebook. Today, there are some 3 billion monthly users of Facebook. Like, social media in the last 10 years has ramped up. 2009, like, it's, it's amazing just to think this didn't exist at one point, but 2009, Facebook introduced the like button and Twitter introduced the retweet. 2012, which is 10 years ago, Facebook introduced the share button on the phone that we have in our pocket. Now something at that point happened to social media. Social media was just a feed of the people that were your friends or that you were following uh, sharing what they had most recently shared. And so you would just see who had most recently shared in your friend or follower group. But when the like and the retweet button happened, the social media sites started doing these algorithms to give you more of what you are liking or sharing or retweeting and or 
people who are in similar groups to you, what they are liking, retweeting, or sharing. Now, that doesn't sound super bad until you study what's liked and retweeted. Did you know that what's liked and retweeted is almost always something that prompts an emotional response? Almost always. So emotional responses are what is liked, retweeted, and shares most. Those that prompt a negative response towards a people group that you see as different than you are double over liked, retweet, shared than those that are positive just in general emotional responses. So what happened? Well, this article goes on to share that what happened in our culture, and you and I are experiencing it right now, is that we are, we are in a culture that has encouraged what's called in this article mob dynamics. Where users are guided by their past experience based on what we think people will love and what people have liked to express more hate. And then that's what's fed more our way as we get caught in these algorithms, right? He goes on in the article, he talks about one of the Twitter engineers that was working on the retweet button, how after he saw these just, again, what he calls mob dynamics playing out in culture, he regretted his work on the retweet button. And he used these words, quote, this is this, not the author of this article, but the Twitter retweet button guy. He says, we might have just handed a four-year-old a loaded weapon. You know who the four-year-olds are that he's referring to? Us. Not really like four-year-olds. They're not on, hopefully, if you've got your four-year-old a social media account, we'll have a different sermon for that later. But <laughs> There's something in our flesh, my flesh, that prompts us to attack people that we think aren't in our group. There's something in us. I mean, we all have this four-year-old side of our flesh. You're in conflict with anyone right now? I'm just curious. I, I, we've watched over the last few years conflict, not just politically, we've watched conflict in our families, haven't we? I mean, Maybe for you there were not people at Thanksgiving dinner because of conflict that's been elevated in our culture. Does God have anything to say about this? Can the Holy Spirit help Christians know how to respond in a culture that's like in this firestorm? I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter 12, I want you to stand in honor of God's word. Last week, Paul taught us how to love our friends. This week, Paul's going to tell the church how to love their enemies. 
And the church at this point in time in Rome was involved in a culture that was throwing much harder darts at Christians than ours even is right now. Watch what he says. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what you post. Excuse me, what you do. (laughs) What is honorable in the sight of all. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to invite you to your knees if you're able. If not, you can just take a seat, but let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd help us right now. Uh, verse 9 in chapter 12 says that we're, we're su- supposed to abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And we're in a culture right now that's fighting. God, how do you want us to love our enemies? Show us. And then, Holy Spirit, we need your help to really understand, convict us in in our hearts where we need to respond. Uh, Pray for me. Pray that my words would be clear, that they would be empowered by the Spirit of God, that I would teach what the Bible actually says. So, Holy Spirit, have your way right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. In a world in conflict, if you're in conflict, what do we do? I'm going to do something a little different. I usually just go chronologically in the verses, but I think the last verse gives Paul's main point, and then I'm going to use his verses to fill in how he tells us to do it. So verse 21, I want you to look back. As he closes this section, he says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word there that's repeated, that word overcome, is a military term. It's a a word used in conflict. If you have the New Living Translation, It actually uses the word there, conquer. 
Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil. He's going to command the church. It could also be translated as overpower evil. I'm going to use today in my wording around Paul's point, I'm going to use the word defeat. Defeat evil, he says, by doing good. I want you to read this with me. One, two, three. Defeat evil by doing good. What Paul is going to call the church to do is radical. The words of Tim Keller. It is extremely penetrating and is a radical insight. Paul is saying that to repay evil with evil is immediately to lose the battle with evil. The only way to defeat evil is by doing good to the one who has done harm. So again, defeat evil by doing good. Paul's going to tell us to do that. Okay, Paul, well, what do you mean by doing good? If doing good is what defeats evil, if you're in conflict, and, and the church in Rome definitely was, a, a lot around their beliefs, if we're to defeat evil by doing good, what, what kind of good are you talking about, Paul? Because surely it's not what I don't want to do. Because I'm doing good. What is Paul going to call the church to do? Back up with me. First thing he's going to call the church to do is advocacy. Now this word advocacy can be used to defend a teaching or stance. It can also be used to defend or to speak well of a person. And Paul, watch what he says in verse 14, is going to say to the church to speak good, to be advocates for your enemy. Watch verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not, what? Curse them. I mean, already, this is radical. I mean, if all we do is this verse, the world would say, whoa, something's different about that person. The word bless that's repeated here literally means to speak well of or to praise. To use your mouth to lift up another person. Enemies, he says. Those you're in conflict with. You know, Jesus took this a step further. Jesus taught on this multiple times. Here's a place, Luke chapter 6, 27 through 29. He says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless, again, speak well of, praise, be their advocate with your mouth, those who curse you. And then he says, pray for those who abuse you. What? How is that possible? Okay, I want to remind you of the context. Usually that happens earlier in the sermon. Paul has just spent the first 11 chapters telling us that Jesus loves enemies. 
and we were his enemy. If you're a follower of Jesus, Romans has been very clear that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The penalty for our sin is death. That's what we deserve. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet his enemies, he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. He has shown us a love that is supernatural. And if you want to take that even farther, Jesus himself, when he was hanging on the cross to die for my sin and being ridiculed to his face, not just Facebook, he was being insulted to his face. You know what he did with his mouth? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The, the, the term dunking has become a popular term, and it literally, on social media, it means verbally insulting an, an enemy on social media. Jesus is calling us to do the opposite. Paul is calling us to do the opposite, to be advocates with our mouth for our enemy. Now, let me remind you again, verse 9. Verse 9 says, when we were talking about loving those in the church, that we abhor evil. That does not mean, does not mean we're okay with evil. But we love people. We love all people. And we're commanded to be advocates. So, you want to defeat evil by doing good? Be an advocate for your enemy. Second one, empathy. Look what he says, verse 15. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. When your enemy loses, what's the human response? He deserved it. I mean, Philadelphia Eagles, they are terrible. I mean, come on. Yesterday, my seven-year-old, uh, she's really into board games right now. And we were playing a board game in the morning, and she's like, hey, let's invite friends over to play. So we invited neighbors to come over and play, and we were going to go play outside, but we didn't get it outside, all the way outside, because we ended up playing a board game. The goal of the board game, we were playing life, but life had been reconstructed to be Mario life. So this was Super Mario Brothers version of life. Y'all know there's like so many versions of every classic game out there now. The goal of the game was to defeat Bowser, and we were all the good guys. But do you think that any of the kids were okay with someone else defeating Bowser? No. Like we were all, we had the same goal. But even on the same goal team, when someone else got more money, it's like, no! And I'm like, that's okay. Now we can defeat Bowser. No. That's friends. I, I, think, I think our culture is better at when someone's grieving, even if maybe you're not on their team, you grieve when someone's really hurting. But I see very few people celebrate when your enemy's celebrating. This is radical, what Paul's teaching the church to do. He says, rejoice. You know, the only way we can do that is through the gospel. Uh, before the gospel, I need to win. After the gospel, Jesus won. Before the gospel, I need to be the prettiest girl in school. Now, I'm, I'm not a girl. After the gospel, my beauty is found in Christ. 
I can celebrate that that girl's prettier than me. Before the gospel, I need to be promoted above everyone else in the company. After the gospel, Jesus has given me the ultimate promotion. I can cheer. Do you understand how it changes everything? Defeat evil by doing good. Well, what do you mean, Paul? Advocacy for the person, not their stance, the person. Empathy, sharing the feelings of the other. Celebrating when your enemy wins. Third, humility. Watch what Paul writes. Verse 14, or 16, excuse me. Live in harmony with one another. The word harmony literally means, if you're, maybe your translation says something like this, to think the same way towards something else. Now he's talking about enemies, but he says, I want you to, to redirect your mind with humility. He says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Haughty is a high view of self but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Some people think humility is actually thinking, man, woe is me, I'm a bad person, uh, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, that's actually pride because you're just thinking more about yourself even though it's negative. There are a lot of prideful people that people think are humble that are just self-degrading. By the way, there's also some prideful people that are insecure, and sometimes people mistake that for humility. Paul says, Paul says, humility in the Bible is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. That you want to overcome evil in a relationship that's in conflict, start thinking more about the other person than you are about yourself. The gospel destroys any feeling that we could have about superiority. We were enemies and he loved us. And he launches us into focusing on others and loving them like he loved us in humility. Tell you a little story. Y'all as a church gave $73,797.71 to the Ukrainian war relief, which is still happening. It's been five months right now. Thank you for your generosity. We took some of that money and we gave, all the money's been given, but we took some of that money and we gave it to Hungry Baptist Union. We took some of that money, we gave it to Lifesong, been a longtime partner in the Ukraine, has uh, ministry work going on in the Ukraine. And then we took some of that money and we gave it to Campus Crusade in Moldova, which had a team that was over there just recently. I'm gonna show you a picture the woman here on the left, that is Tatiana. Tatiana is Russian. She's the enemy for almost everyone over there. Tatiana had gone to the Ukraine for cancer treatment. Invasion happens. She flees the area she was in, and someone opened the doors of their home for Tatiana, a Ukrainian opened the doors of their home for a Russian 
in Kiev. That family, last week we studied hospitality, that family was Christian. They showed love and humility to Tatiana and they shared the gospel with her over and over again. Invasion gets closer, Tatiana decides to, to leave again, goes south, crosses the border of Moldova, and in Moldova, a man said, hey, you need a ride? She said, yes. She gets in the car. The man was Christian. She shares she's from Russia. He shares the hope that we have in Jesus, drives her to this place that we've helped support in Moldova that's now worked with 1,400 different refugees. They've had so, some 400,000 refugees go through Moldova. Takes her there. They welcome her in as the Russian enemy. Share the gospel with her multiple other times, and she says yes to Jesus. Places her faith in Christ. This is just a few weeks ago. Yes. I received the email from uh, one of our partners about this, and, and they said in a few weeks she was going to get baptized. So, like, that could be today that she's getting baptized. And in Moldova, our ministry partners, in fact, someone who's been in our church is discipling her right now. Her name is Natasha. She had come to visit. Natasha is discipling her right now through the book of John, showing her what Jesus leads his disciples to do. And what does Jesus lead his disciples to do? To love their enemies in humility. Advocacy, empathy, humility, wow. By the way, if this started happening from someone that you knew was in another group in your feed or in your friend group, wouldn't it stand out right now? Finally, and this is the one that he emphasizes, charity. Charity. If you, at this, if you look at this list, if you guys leave the list on the screen there, the advocacy is speaking good. The empathy is feeling good when the other is feeling good. Doing that good. Humility is thinking good of the other. Charity is the actual doing of the good. Y'all with me? Another way you could write this outline. Charity. Look what he says, starting in verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. And that is the fleshly human response. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what you do. There's our word. I joked reading through, give thought to what you post. When was the last time you gave thought to what you do? Why? So that you could do what is honorable in the sight of all. Paul's writing about the view of your enemies. Verse 18, notice the caveat. There is a caveat here. If possible, it may not be possible. It may not be possible. If possible, so far as it depends on you, you're doing your part to do advocacy, empathy, humility, charity. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You, you may not be possible for you to mend a friendship, but you do what's possible on your end. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. 
For it is written, and this is all over the Bible, he's going to point us to two different places right now. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, what are you supposed to do? If your enemy's hungry, charity is what he says we're supposed to do. Feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. That's what that crusade Moldova did for Tatiana. That's what we're supposed to do for our enemies. If possible, as much as it depends on you, do it. Hey, maybe the conflict isn't extended family. Maybe we're seeing so much conflict in marriage right now. Maybe the conflict is your marriage. And you're thinking, man, okay, marriage is falling apart right now. I feel like we're, we're enemies. Maybe it's the way it feels. What do you do? What do you do? This is what you do. I, I was talking after the first service. I would mentioned marriage in the first service and trying to do this, and someone from our church family said, came to me and said, I don't know if you know this, Sam, but I'm a divorce lawyer. And I was like, I, I'm really cool, you're a divorce lawyer. She said, yeah. And she's like, as a Christian divorce lawyer, those are the four points that I try to push people that are having marriage issues to do. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, she's like, you, she, she actually says, she says, Sam, you're teaching them what I'm teaching. I was like, no, the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible is teaching the same thing through Paul, through you. What's going on? Well, men, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What does it look like for you to love like Jesus has loved you? I love that today, as we walk through this list, uh, Julie Peake jumped up and she shared about our partnership with Finch. And one of the reasons that she has been part of our church 11 years ago, coming and seeing that the church has done that. 150 years. I wasn't here, for the record, 11 years ago. I, none of you were here 150 years ago. You know why First McKinney, I believe, has been an impactor in our community is because our church has done charity. Like there's many, many, many of you who've stepped in and served Finch and many other places. For our 150th anniversary, which is, we're gonna start celebrating in just a few weeks that our church has been around for 150 years making disciples in our community. For our 150th anniversary, one of the things we talked about, we, let's go as a body and serve our city because that's what the church has done, right? And so on the 10th of September, we're going to have a serve day in the morning. And we've connected with partners that are in our area. They, they've given us different projects that we're going to get to do that are large group projects. But we want to ask you also to let us know if you've got a neighbor. If you, that does not mean your neighbor's your enemy. But if you know of a need that's in our community that you think our church could step into to show charity, we want to do that. And so if you're online right now or here in the room, before August 7th, we're asking that you would send a, a message to missions at firstmckinney.com. That can be super complicated or very basic, right? Maybe you've got a wall that needs painting. Don't just have the wall painted that's closest to your house, right? What does it look like for us to go out and show love to our community? Why? Because Paul says... You want to overcome evil? You want to defeat evil? You defeat evil by doing good. You defeat evil by doing good. Okay, so here's how I want to close because it's how I think Paul closes. And this is fascinating. If, if we defeat evil by doing good, what will the result be? 
If, you, if we as a, as a church, and imagine what would happen if some thousands of people that call First McKinney home were to really, towards our enemy, start acting with advocacy, empathy, humility, and charity, what would the result be? Watch what Paul says. Back with me to verse 20. After saying, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will. All right, y'all see he's leading to the result? What's the result going to be? So if by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. This was my favorite part of studying this week. Uh, my first response to what does this actually mean was to think what I have been taught before. That what Paul is saying here is if you love your enemies, then you're going to make them feel so guilty about not loving you, it's going to be like their head's on fire. So... This is what I, my first response, my first thought was, hey, let's love our enemies so that they feel really guilty. <laughs> All right, let's go. Love your neighbor. They're going to feel guilty. Ah, let's go do it. What? Have you ever heard it taught that way? I've heard it taught that way recently. That's not the context of this passage. What? So then I first tried to look at context of the passage, and I'm like, okay, well, he's been saying that if we don't do bad to them, then God's going to do bad to them. Vengeance is mine. Fire and brimstone must be what he's talking about here. Now, I do need you to hear, sin will be punished. Either through Jesus taking our penalty for us as believers or damnation in hell. That's scripture. Then I opened a commentary, and I try not to open commentaries until late. And I learned that in Egypt at this time, there was a ritual to demonstrate repentance through which people would put coals in a pan and carry it on their head. And what that symbolized is I recognize I'm wrong and I am turning the other way. What will the result be? The result will be when we defeat evil, it's not that we're going to win an argument. When we defeat evil, we're going to get to win people. That there's a repentance that happens in people's lives when they watch believers love like Jesus loves. That there is, isn't this awesome? That what he wants us to get to be part of, church, in a culture of conflict, is to be a city set on a hill, a light in the world that is loving people. And as they defeat evil, they're winning people by doing good. That's the result. People are not God's enemy, they should not be our enemy. 
God loves, we love. That's awesome. So what does this look like for you? Back to the list. Defeat evil by doing good. Are you in conflict right now in a relationship? Are you super active right now on social media? What would it look like for you when you're speaking about other groups or towards an enemy to be an advocate for the person, not the stance, to show empathy, to be humility, charity, which one? As I pray right now, I want you to ask God, which one of these is it that you need to apply this week for his glory? God, I, I, I pray that through our church family, that you would help us at this unique cultural moment to be part of your plan to win people. And God, I, I know, because I, when I see it, and I do get to see it through people who love you, I know that when people respond to the other side, whatever that means in an argument, being advocates for the people with empathy, with humility and charity, it lights up the room and points people to you. Help us, God, to do that. God, I pray that this week you'd light up our community as we love people the way you've loved us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.